Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We're in 1 Samuel, coming toward the end of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 29 is our reading for today. We are going to be doing three uh, passages in 1 Samuel in a row, 29, 30, and 31, which are going to bring us to the end of 1 Samuel over these next three days. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to his word together. Father in heaven, thank you for your word, which is truth, for the life that we have in Jesus, for the spirit who inspired the word and who illuminates our mind to understand the word. We pray that you would speak to us and that you would draw us closer to Christ for the time we spend with you and your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First Samuel chapter 29, the Lord comes to the rescue of David as David's been going down this dark road and he's gone to spend time with the Philistines and he's even willing to go into battle with the Philistines against Israel, but the Lord intervenes and pulls him back and toward repentance. First Samuel 29, now the Philistines had gathered all their forces at Aphek and the Israelites were encamped by the spring that is in Jezreel. As the lords of the Philistines were passing on by hundreds and by thousands, and David and his men were passing on in the rear with Achish, the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me now for days and years? And since he deserted to me, I have found no fault in him to this day. But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him. And the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Send the man back, that he may return to the place to which you have assigned him. He shall not go down with us to the battle, lest in the battle he become an adversary to us. For how could this fellow reconcile himself to his Lord? Would it not be with the heads of the men here? Is not this David of whom they sing to one another in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been honest. And to me it seems right that you should march out and in with me in the campaign. For I have found nothing wrong in you from the day of your coming to me to this day. Nevertheless... The lords do not approve of you. So go back now and go peaceably, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. And David said to Achish, But what have I done? What have you found in your servant from the day I entered your service until now, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? And Achish answered David and said, I know that you are as blameless in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. Now then, rise early in the morning with the servants of your Lord who came with you, and start early in the morning and depart as soon as you have light. So David set out with his men early in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. But the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Well, David has been among the Philistines for some period of time now, and he has won the favor, the respect, 
and the approval of Achish, king of Gath. There were five major Philistine cities, and each one of those cities or city-states has had its own king. Achish was the king of Gath, but he was not the only lord of the Philistines. There were four others, and so they cooperated together in national defense and in battles, and this was a major war they're going to against Israel. And it's going to be a very decisive war, uh, because in this battle that's coming up, Saul, king of Israel, and Jonathan are both going to be killed. And so this is a major battle of major significance. And David offers himself in service to Achish and is willing to go into battle. And that's very, very troubling. I mean, it's one thing to think on a human level, okay, I understand David's afraid of Saul and the thousands of people in the army of Israel who are pursuing him, and he feels outnumbered, and so he flees to the Philistines, and he hides. You might even be able to understand why to support his men, 600 men, and wives and children among them. So he's probably got a couple thousand people who are in this uh, Ziklag, this fortress city that he's given by Achish in order to support them. They, they go on raids, and they go on raids against the enemies of God's people. You can kind of understand that from a human level. It's, it's wrong that he kills every man, woman, and child, and, and doesn't leave anybody alive. And then he goes and lies to King Achish about where he's been, making him think that he's doing raids against the people of Judah, when in fact he's been doing raids against the enemies of God's people or to the south of Judah. But, you, but all that seems understandable from a human perspective. Again, it's wrong. And he goes down this path of being wrong because of his fear of man. He, he's afraid of Saul and he's not trusting in the Lord. But here we come to a part where it's like, why in the world would David be wanting and be volunteering and be even upset when he's pushed out of going to war against Israel, against Saul? Why would he take his band of, of 600 soldiers and, and go to war alongside Philistines and against the people of God, the people of Israel. That, that seems far beyond. But that's the, the progressive nature of sin. When we begin to walk away from the Lord, we can justify one thing after another after another, and then gradually over time, one justification at a time, one rationalization at a time, he finds himself far away from where God would have him, and doing things that a year or two prior would have been unthinkable in his mind. He was loyal to King Saul. He never actually opposed King Saul. He refused to raise his hand against King Saul when he was twice given opportunity to take out King Saul, and yet here he is now willing to go into battle to fight against the people of God. And the Lord rescues him from that. Now, notice that the Lord is able to keep his own from this kind of sin. And he uses the other Philistine commanders and their mistrust of David. And again, this song that is sung about David that we've now heard about, I think about a half dozen times by now in 1 Samuel, we've heard reference to this song. And he uses, God uses these things to keep David from going to war in this very sinful way and actually send David back home. And as we'll see tomorrow, 
when David goes back home to Ziklag and he sees what's been happening, the consequences of all of his sin come down on him and he is finally brought to repentance. But we see the grace of God in keeping him from this sin. So what can we learn from this? Well, what we can learn from this is that we should not ever intentionally and willfully go down a road of sinful disobedience and walking away from the Lord. No matter how we might rationalize it or justify it in our minds, when we take those first steps away from God, those first steps down a road of disobedience, we should not go there. We should stop. We should call upon the Lord. We should repent. We should turn around and go back toward obedience because that will keep us. And then we need to be thankful because there are times when God intervenes in our lives, when we're, our hearts are set on doing something that we know is not right, our minds are set on doing something that we know is not right, and God intervenes and God keeps us from doing that thing. And we need to be thankful for that. And we need to praise him and we need to take that as a prompter to repent and to turn around. Where do we see Jesus in this? Well, we see Jesus, I think, by way of contrast in this passage. David, as great a king as he was going to be, David, as much as he is a man after God's own heart, David, as much as he is held up as a model, is in fact a sinful man with feet of clay and a heart that is unsteady. Jesus is the only one we can really rely on. He's the only one who fully did the will of God from beginning to end. And ultimately, it's Jesus' obedience that even provides for David's salvation here in 1 Samuel 29. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that sometimes you protect us even from ourselves. We thank you that you give us good examples in your word like this that would warn us away from sinful disobedience and disloyalty. Father, keep us following after you. Turn us away when our feet are tempted to go astray, our eyes are tempted to go astray, our hearts are tempted to go astray. Turn us away from sin, from the world, from our flesh, and turn our hearts back to you, that we might see your goodness and that we might remain loyal to you and to your people and to your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow we are going to go right on to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Hope you can join us for that. And I say this every day, but I mean it. I hope that you do have a blessed day in the Lord.